Hi, I'm Matthew. We're a collaboration of former sufferers helping people deal with stress, anxiety, panic attacks, and agoraphobia. I want to first explain how you can make sure that you are not missing out on any of our content. To get instant access to the five steps to recovery from stress, anxiety, panic attacks, and agoraphobia, please visit our website and simply provide your email address. All of our information is absolutely free. And our information can be helpful for anyone wishing to improve the quality of his or her life. Please visit our website at panicattackrecovery.com. In this podcast, I would like to discuss how economics can help with anxiety. First, though, I need to go back to a prior episode, and I want you to give it a listen. In this podcast, entitled Praying on Anxiety and Fear, You Don't Have to Be a Victim, I discussed how you don't have to be a victim of anxiety and fear that results from misinformation or lack of information. Here is a short, but what I feel is an important excerpt from that podcast. And I think the best way to properly combat fear and anxiety and manipulation is by being an informed person, by asking more questions, being proactive when you read stories, when you partake in discussions with individuals. And naturally, your anxiety starts to lessen because you start to realize that you don't have to be a victim. You can ask more questions, get more clarification, find out how things really work. You don't have to be a victim of negative thinking, but you can be a much more informed person in your life. And when you're a more informed person, you're more open to life's opportunities. In this episode, we are applying the concept to economics. In other words, we're using economics to understand and help our anxiety and stress over some common things that many of us become stressed over at times. For example, have you ever had the discussion about why a professional athlete is paid so much money in comparison to medical doctors? And, you know, the list can go on and on about, you know, CEOs of corporations making so much money and, you know, the 1%, the 3%, the 2%, etc. And these are important issues to discuss. However, it's something that economics can also help you deal with. So it's very common for the dialogue of people to include discussions of this nature about really you're discussing economics about why someone is paid something in relation to another, how much they're paid. And these are very common discussions people have. And it's probably part of your inner dialogue as well. How does it make you feel when you think about the difference in the pay of these two individuals? Well, perhaps if you're an athlete listening to this, you're quite happy. But many other people become enraged when they hear about the pay differentials in a variety of jobs and positions. What we'll show is happening in these instances is something called a cognitive distortion. As a recap, if you haven't heard me discuss these things before, a cognitive distortion is defined as an inaccurate thought about reality. When we are feeling overly anxious or upset, we can be experiencing these emotions because of distortions in our thinking. For example, feeling our heart racing and consequently concluding we are having a heart attack when in reality our heart is just racing due to anxiety would be an example of cognitive distortion. However, it can be much more subtle. For example, seeing anything in the real world, and yes, I'm using air quotes, as often people say, real world. So seeing things in the real world that do not fit with our expectations can make us stressed and anxious. 
Over time, these mismatches can build up and create a great deal of distress for us. And for many people, certain things can trigger an overly emotional reaction or frustration when things turn out or people behave differently than we feel they should have. Should being the key word. As we will discuss further in this podcast, with regard to the economic example of pay inequity, the distortion present is making should statements. Should statements are defined as the following. Concentrating on what you think should or ought to be rather than the actual situation you are faced with. Or having rigid rules which you think should always apply no matter what the circumstances are. The famous psychologist Albert Ellis termed this masturbation. You see, the fact is, whether you or I think these people should be paid these amounts doesn't change the fact that they are. Getting stirred up by it doesn't help. In fact, it places extra stress on you. Stress can be normal in a situation when you are going to do something about a particular matter. In other words, if you were about to undergo a situation where you needed to perform well, you would naturally feel some stress. The problem is that stress when you do nothing about it can only harm you. It is not only unhelpful, but it can impact your psychological well-being. That's why understanding that your judgment about how others are paid, or really anything that you cannot influence, can be holding you back. In this example, I want to stick with economics, so we can look at a concrete application and become more informed on a particular subject, and by doing so, we'll realize why the should cognitive distortion is present. Then, we will work through the distortion to generate thoughts on the matter that are more accurate. The way to find thoughts that are more accurate is to increase our awareness of economics. You might say, who cares about economics? I said this for many years in school and university. It was later in life that I saw the value in understanding economics. The value I came to realize is that I could understand why and how many things in the economy work, but also why certain things are the way they are in the real world. Again, I'm using quotes around real world, because that is what many people feel is lacking and why they get so frustrated with certain situations. As mentioned earlier, knowledge can be a form of power. It can give us an edge in our performance. It can also make us feel more at ease with the world once we understand various relationships and how things work. Therefore, you will see that there are many reality series documentaries, and docuseries, because people enjoy learning and understanding things often outside of a conventional academic setup in these types of media that are geared towards the real world and highly relevant. So in this example, we're going to discuss what is going on in the real world with regard to high salaries and economics. This relates to an economic principle of supply and demand. In this regard, I found a very interesting article called Supply and Demand in Professional Sports, The Real Meaning of Worth. This article was written by Chris Humphreys and came from the blog Sports Chump. What I found interesting about this article is I was seeking a way to explain how supply and demand applied in these situations, so I did a search and came across this interesting article. And what this article discusses at the outset is a quote from Adam Smith. Please stick with me when I discuss this economics example. And don't worry, I'm not going to bore you in a whole bunch of details about the economy, 
But I think you'll see the value, speaking of value, I think you'll see the value of this information once I present it to you. And it won't take very long. But Adam Smith, in his book, Wealth of Nations, which was published back in 1776, stated the following, The market price of every particular commodity is regulated by the proportion between the quantity, which is actually brought to the market, and the demand of those who are willing to pay the natural price of the commodity. So simply put, when we look at the salaries of professional athletes, they are bringing goods and services to the market as a professional athlete, and there are people willing to pay the price of those goods and services, if you will. When we look at economics, the price of things is due to supply and demand, the amount people are willing to pay for a particular good or service. But is it just because people are willing to pay that price? It's got to do with the fact that, obviously, it is competitive. Sports are competitive, economically competitive. So one could look at the salary of an athlete and say, they shouldn't pay that athlete that much money. The team should just decide not to pay that athlete the amount of money he's being paid for it. But the reality is another team would just come along and and pay the money, and um, the cycle would not stop. But thinking about what's going on from an economics perspective is, is very helpful, because you can see clearly that the reason that the economy works the way it does is that we have supply and demand. There are certain goods and services for sale, and there's a certain group of people willing to pay for those services. In the case of a profession, you have teams that are paying athletes to do the work. If you're talking about someone who works for a company, the company is paying the individual for his or her service. When you talk about going to the grocery store or the supermarket, you're buying goods for a certain price. You're willing to pay those prices. The market is willing to pay those prices. And in turn, people are willing to sell for those prices. In order to have goods and services at a certain price, you need to have people willing to provide those goods at a certain price. You need to have people willing to support that price. Now, this is a very quick look at economics, but the point that I wish to make is that there's an economic reason why things are the way they are. Knowing the reason for something can make us more understanding when we hear information about high salaries and high prices or prices going up. People could say, well, prices should never go up. There should never be inflation. Again, we look at economics and and know that prices do go up over time. Not to oversimplify, but inflation exists in the economy. A really interesting way that I look at this is I would compare the economics example with something like the weather. For example, you could look outside today and say, I think it's too cloudy today. I think it's raining too much. It's too wet out there. It's snowing too much. It would sort of be like, well, it shouldn't be raining so much. I'm going to get upset at the weather forecaster. Of course, that wouldn't make any sense. This is really no different from the economic example, and that's the point I wish to make. So you can become stressed over it and upset over it, but really it is quite futile. And moreover, it can cause you distress. This is not to say that morally there is not something wrong with these pay differences, and I won't take a side one way or the other, because that's not what this podcast is about. The point I'm trying to make is that it is more accurate. Economics is a more accurate way of thinking about the situation. It doesn't mean that an athlete is a better person than a medical doctor. It doesn't mean that the job of being an athlete is more important than a doctor. It just means that one job pays more than the other because of supply and demand. Approaching the topic in this manner allows you to realize that you don't need to be stressed over thinking about the value of one job versus another. It can be a way to free you from such stress, as I talked about earlier. 
It can also be a helpful way of being honest with yourself. Perhaps you judge yourself and others based on how much you are paid or they are paid. Now you know that logically, this makes no sense based on the economic model. Of course, educating yourself with more accurate information, and in this example, using economics, is actually a practical way of approaching the process of cognitive behavioral therapy. If you recall from previous podcasts, cognitive behavioral therapy is the process that you start by finding the cognitive distortions that are present in your thinking. As I've defined earlier, a cognitive distortion is simply a thought that is inaccurate. You find the cognitive distortions in your thinking, and you replace those inaccurate thoughts with thoughts that are more accurate about reality. So practically speaking, what is going on here? When something upsets you, consider asking yourself the following. Is there a cognitive distortion present? You might think that there's a cognitive distortion present, but what you can do is you can start to educate yourself on a topic. Whatever the topic is, today we've taken the topic of economics. Found out the reason why people are paid the way they are is because of supply and demand. And there are other concepts to look at in economics if you would like to go deeper. When we examined our thought, we said, okay, we're thinking that people should be paid this much relative to others who should be paid this much, or this person should be paid more than this person. Was really a should cognitive distortion because a cognitive distortion is a thought that is inaccurate. Once you educated yourself on economics, you saw that this should belief about pay was inaccurate, was a cognitive distortion. We look up the list of cognitive distortions, which you can get from my website and from many other sources in the area of cognitive behavioral therapy. This distortion, though, became replaced by more accurate thoughts about economics and what's really going on. As you can see, you can use this process for helping you to process your world. It is still fine to have value judgments. However, being able to disentangle those value judgments from why something is the case can be very liberating in life. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. If so, we would like to ask you to complete a review of our podcast on iTunes. This won't take long at all. This will ensure that we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate your support. To thank you, we would like to share with you the five steps to recovery from stress, anxiety, panic attacks, and agoraphobia. Please visit our website and simply provide your email address. All of our information is absolutely free. And remember, anyone can benefit from our material. Please visit our website at panicattackrecovery.com. All information presented in these podcasts is provided for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for a psychologist, psychiatrist, or other healthcare provider's consultation. Please consult a psychologist, psychiatrist, or appropriate healthcare provider about the applicability of any opinions or recommendations with respect to your own panic attacks, anxiety, or agoraphobia, or any other symptom or condition.